0: American soccer fans, welcome to episode 118 of the USA Soccer Cast. We are bringing you everything about the US national teams, the players, the leagues, and everything else that impacts the game of soccer in these United States. I'm Donald Wine. It's October 26th, 2023. As I speak, the US women's national team is about to take the field and play Columbia in Utah. Uh, We are not obviously going to be talking about that match because that match is about to start as I record. But we do have some men's national team things and I guess a a women's national team adjacent thing that we are going to talk about on this show. We are going to talk about the new home jersey, uh, at least the, the, the prediction of the home jersey for 2024 that the U.S. men's national team and women's national team could be wearing. We are also going to talk about the World Cup, the 2026 World Cup, L.A. apparently out. And maybe, according to some, Vegas may be in. And also some updates about where the World Cup final could be. And then after the break, I have my man Eric Schmitz, who is my, myself and him are two-thirds of the World of CONCACAF podcast. And he is on this show to discuss a a timeless debate that started two days ago with Josie Altador saying that the 2014 men's national team could beat this 2023 men's national team so we will talk about that and have a uh, breakdown the, the the rosters and the debate after that but first let's start with the home jersey this was a few days ago or I guess it was a week ago at this point uh, we're entering kind of that season where all of the 2024 international jerseys start to leak and maybe some some people like to guess on what these jerseys are going to look like some may have a little bit more accuracy but footy headlines is notorious for leaking a bunch of different jerseys. And a week ago, they are claiming that they have a close prediction of what it's going to look like for the United States in 2024. With 80% accuracy, they called it, they have what they said was the design of the 2024 home jersey that the men and the women would wear starting in March or April. Now, according to them, the home jersey is expected to be a predominantly white jersey. A lot of people probably aren't surprised by that. It keeps in line with most of U.S. soccer's most recent home jerseys. But the style is a plain white jersey that, at least on first glance, looks like the 2020 home jersey. However, the 2024 offering will have a collar that is half navy and switches to a red and white stripe pattern that mimics the stripes on the American flag. On the sleeves, you have the cuffs that would have the same stripe pattern with the final stripe on the hem being navy. And the U.S. soccer crest would remain on the left chest and not over the center like we saw for the 2022 jersey. It would go back to the left like we see on the 2023 uh, jerseys for the women and also for uh, the men. The Nike swoosh would then be on the right chest. It's unclear, according to this, because it was a blank jersey that was being produced as a prediction. So it's unclear where the number would be if it's expected to be uh, in the middle of the jersey on the front or under the crest as it was for the 2020 Jersey, but it's expected to be Navy. And at the same time, we don't know what the color of the shorts and socks will be, but my guess is Navy will be included in either the shorts or the socks. Now for me, y'all know me. If you know me, you've known that I am a fan of the Waldos and the Waldos have should have been our home Jersey for a very long time. I've been the hugest proponent and the president CEO and chairman of the waldo fan club and i think when it comes to 2024 we have again a major opportunity that we could use to our advantage we have the olympics we have the 2024 w gold cup for the women and we have 2024 Copa america which we are set to try and qualify for next month via the nations league we also have the nations league finals there's a lot going on in 2024 And we'll have the resumption of the Nations League in the fall of 2024. There's a lot of opportunities just in 2024 alone to wear a jersey that represents the United States and represents our style, or represents our uniqueness and represents our diversity. And a white jersey just doesn't do it. Now, will I buy this jersey, is it is it offensive? Like kind of the 2022 jerseys felt like for a lot of people. No, it's not offensive. In fact, I you know, the 2020 jersey is fine. I have a couple of those in my closet. I have a couple of everything in my closet, but namely that one. And this won't look any different than some of the jerseys that are already in your closet or mine. But I think when it comes to the 2024 jersey, if it's not a setup for a huge 2026 jersey, the 2026 jersey is super important. And they need to nail it. They need to get it right. There cannot be a miss in that one because that will set you up for the next 30 years. And if they can't put that together, then they're going to lose a lot of fans. They're going to lose a lot of branding and marketing and whatever you want to call it. They're going to lose a lot of that momentum. And you may be out there thinking like, Donald, the jersey is not going to be the end-all, be-all of momentum, but yes, it can be. It can unify a nation, especially when they are hosting. A World Cup. Think of all the teams that have hosted World Cups and how everyone, everyone in that stadium is rocking the home jersey. Every single person. All the teams that come and visit, they, like Argentina, I swear these people would show up with being there for the whole month and, be, and show it with 40 different jerseys that all look the same. But every day it was a different jersey, but it was the same jersey. And anytime you walked, you knew who was an Argentine fan. You knew who was a French fan. You knew who was a Croatian fan because their jerseys have identity and ours have not. Ours have had different designs, different colors over the years, and people latch on to different things. So, I'm hoping that if they have an opportunity to create this as a jersey identity, if this is where they want to go, they need to announce that and make it where people start to get behind it and, and own it. You may have to give away some jerseys, you may have to give away some shirts that look the same way, scarves that look the same, so that we can get used to showing up, wearing the home jersey. In representing the United States of America whenever we are in a soccer stadium or a football stadium to support our men's national team and our women's national team. I just don't know if the white jersey is going to do it. I honestly don't think it will because they're going to probably change it in 2025 and give you something a little bit different. But for now, if you look at the jersey, it's online at startsandstripes.fc.com. Also at footy headlines, they have the, the prediction that they have. We'll have to see if people like it. You tell us if you like it at USA Soccer Cast or, uh, again, USA Soccer Cast at gmail.com. We move on to the World Cup, the 2026 World Cup, that is. And a couple weeks ago, there was reports that SoFi Stadium, which is the home of the L.A. Chargers and the L.A. Rams, and was set to be one of the centerpieces at least as far as stadium venues go for the 2026 world cup apparently is out the owner of the stadium Stan Kroenke who owns the LA Rams also Arsenal also the Colorado Rapids also a lot of teams in Denver including the Avalanche and the Nuggets it was rumored that he built a stadium which is the most expensive stadium ever built at five billion dollars he built a stadium that was not wide enough for soccer. And it was going to cost about $100 million or so for him to renovate the stadium to make it wide enough for FIFA uh, to be happy with it for the 2026 World Cup. And in the process, I guess, according to these reports, Stan Kroenke wanted to get more money from FIFA to pay for these renovations and or get a bigger piece of the pie in exchange for these renovations. And FIFA was like, Nah, we're not going to do that. So Stan Kroenke said, well, you don't get my stadium and apparently is pulling out. Also, this is in response to a big debate over where the 2026 World Cup final is going to be held. L.A. was in the running, or at least in that conversation, to host the final alongside AT&T Stadium in Dallas and MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey. Uh, and I mentioned Jerry World AT&T stadium is in Arlington, Texas, but the Dallas Fort Worth uh, Metroplex obviously would be the host city Metroplex for that event with LA out. It almost feels like at least for the world cup final that Jerry world is in the driver's seat with regards to hosting and they want it bad. In fact, the hunts, the hunt family who owns FC Dallas and has been a big part of bringing the World Cup to Dallas. They want to have a situation where over 200,000 people would be ticketed for the World Cup final. Now, how would they do that? Well, AT&T Stadium has these end zones that kind of open up, and the doors basically open up, and you can create a huge plaza that can have over 100,000 people both inside and technically outside the stadium. But in addition, it's in a complex that also has Choctaw Stadium where the Texas Rangers used to play, Globe Life Field, where the Texas Rangers currently play, their stadium that's been open for a few years. They also have Texas Live, which is like an outdoor amphitheater venue, Lowe's Hotel, which also has a plaza. They even have Six Flags Over Texas and Six Flags Hurricane Harbor. This space, which is about two to three square miles, could hold a million people if they wanted to. But I think between those stadiums and at least those complexes, they want to have events People are ticketed to enter those stadiums and they think in excess of 200,000 people could be a part of the World Cup final in some way, not just the people inside the stadium, but the people at all these other stadiums around that complex. And it would be incredible. I think also logistically, it would make sense to have a team play on the West Coast in the semifinal, a team play on the East Coast in the semifinal, and then they meet in the middle at Jerry World. But that is a long way away from being decided. I think World probably is the front runner to host it, especially given all the things that they want to do and all the you know ways for FIFA to make money off of the final from people who aren't even inside the stadium. But I think the biggest thing is LA not being a part of this is a remarkable development and it's also possible, according to some reports, that Vegas, who did not bid to host the World Cup because Allegiant Stadium had not yet been built. Allegiant Stadium could host games now. They could shift everything from L.A. to Vegas, and that is a huge development, and especially if Vegas then becomes into the running for the World Cup final, which I don't think it will be because there's so many. Again, they had so many cities ahead of them that went through the bidding process that put in all the work. And for Vegas to kind of just walk in and take it would not sit well with a lot of people. But I think Vegas being in the driver's seat to host games now that L.A. has decided to be out again, according to these reports, I, I think is one thing that we probably saw coming. Vegas is too hard to turn down, and I'm sure when you look at you know fans coming in from around the world, they're probably like, Vegas, yes, please. Vegas has the hotel space. They have, the obviously, the venue space. Allegiant Stadium is one of the biggest stadiums in the National Football League. I believe it's 70,000 people can fit in there. And it's a destination city. People want to go to Vegas. And that is always going to win out in the end. And Vegas is full of money. It prints money. The fact that it doesn't have its own money is remarkable to me. I go to Vegas quite a bit. And Vegas is a town that if you have money, you can get far. I don't have that money, so I don't get that far uh, as some people. But Vegas is going to be something that FIFA is going to be hard-pressed to turn away, especially if they come to them and say, yes, if LA is out, we want in. So we need to stay in tune with what happens there. There's also the fact that, you know, a lot of people are saying that this is happening. It's finalized. Nothing has been finalized yet. These are all just reports. We are a long way away from some of these decisions being made, and we have to wait for those decisions to be official before we start thinking about some of these alternatives. So we will leave it there. Let's take a quick break on the other side. Josie Altador starts a debate. The 2024, the 2014 World Cup team or the 2023 team who's winning in a one off game. I have my man Eric Schmitz on to talk about it after this. Hey, everyone. Are you looking for the latest gear for your U.S. national teams, Major League Soccer, the NWSL, or any other team in the world of soccer? The USA Soccer Cast has affiliate partnerships that are ready to help you out. Head to linktree.com USA Soccer where we have links to homage, fanatics, the MLS store, and breaking teams. You can get the jersey, shirt, hat, or accessory you're looking for to support your team while also saving some money and helping this show in the process. Again, linktree.com slash USA Click on the links and get your gear. And we thank you, as always, for your support of the show. All right, we are back, and we have a debate. We have to do this debate that we have has dominated the discourse of men's national team Twitter the last day and a half, two days. Uh, obviously, if you have not been on Twitter lately, uh, Kicking It, which is a great, great TV series that is on CBS Sports Galasso, features Kate Abdo, Clint Dempsey, Maurice Adu, and Clint and Charlie Davies, they had Josie Alcindor on for their most recent episode. And, and obviously this show, they ask some hard questions and they talk about uh, the players' careers and, and things that, you know, other people really aren't talking about. It's a very great show. And on that show, they asked Josie Altador about, you know, some of the regrets and, and some of the things about the 2014 team and even 2017. But he mentioned something very interesting that has dominated the debate online about the 2014 team versus the 2023 team, and who would win in a face-off? Who would win on the field between those two teams? Here's the clip from Josie Altsdor. Better, better is a weird word. More complete, I would say our generation, in terms of like just position for position. Better talent-wise, like individual, I would say this one now, but not everywhere in certain spots. Does that make sense? So
1: if the two sides played each other?
0: If the two sides played each other at full strength, I think, we, our, I think ours would win. I
1: ain't never got a red card oh, for the national team. Okay.
0: But you think yours would win? I think so, yeah. That team card in 2014, 2014
1: team. was he nice. He got temper, though, don't he? He some cards.
0: Why are you skipping past Spain? Yeah, I think she was talking about like 2010. Oh, that team was nice, too, wasn't
1: it? That team was nice, too.
0: That's why I said yeah, 2014 was fine. My bad, my bad. Shoot. Okay, so... The debate is this, who's winning, the 2014 World Cup team or the 2023 team? And, and they didn't really specify in 2023 who they were talking about. But I can't debate myself on this show. So I had to bring on my homie, my friend, my partner in crime, Eric Schmitz. Eric Schmitz and I are two-thirds of the World of Concacaf podcast. It's another podcast that I do. But Eric, first of all, welcome to, I think it's the first time I've had you on this show. Uh, we right. have our own show together, so you, you really don't have to cross over. But I had to bring you on because I know you have uh, a great perspective on this being that uh, we're going to be talking about a team that
1: in particular that you really enjoyed. So first of all, Eric, welcome to the show. Donald, thank you for inviting me. It's great to be here. It's great to be talking about, you know, U.S. soccer, something we love. Yes, yes. We we talk about all the teams yes. on, on World of CONCACAF, but yes. today we're the focusing greatest... on the team. We we are used to talking about Concacaf. We are the greatest Concacaf podcast on the internet. There's like, four, uh-huh. I mean, there might be three or four of them, but I'd say we are arguably the best. We were probably the we're definitely the
0: first. I think we were yes. we we're I think we're the first. So if, you if know. every
1: podcast was a nation a Concacaf tournament, we are nations league.
0: Exactly. So speaking <laughs> of that, I, I wanted to get in this debate with you because I want to mm-hmm. get your take on this back and forth, but. On this show we got to set some ground rules because they kind of, you know, left a couple of things, you know, questioned okay. uh, when they okay. talk about this debate. So here are the ground rules. Uh, the ground rule is this, we are talking about the 2014 World Cup team. Mm-hmm. And for the 2023 team as I mentioned, they don't really mention what team they're talking about. We've had the Nations League, we've had the Gold Cup, we've had these friendlies and there's been guys that have been on and off of, of all these teams. So for the purpose of this debate, I am going to select the two-time defending champion Nations League team. So the 2023 Nations League finals roster that took place in in Vegas. Mm -hmm. Now, there is one guy on that roster that what everyone thinks about this, they are talking about, but he was not actually on that roster and he has not been on a roster since then. And that's Tyler Adams. Mm -hmm. And I think it's only fair if you were discussing the 2023 team, you have to throw... Tyler Adams into that because he is a big part of of the core of this team. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that's fair to the 2014 team who can't just put a player on that World Cup team. So for the purpose of this argument, if 2023 we're going to add midfielder Tyler Adams to that Mm -hmm. roster, to the Nations League roster Uh into the 2014 World Cup team, I think it's only fair that we add a midfielder that would have made that team the last cut Landon, they Donovan.
1: should, they should have made that team. Are we allowed should to swear? Made that team. Are we allowed to swear on this podcast?
0: No, okay. we don't. We, we try not to swear, but if you if you go nuts, yeah. we can figure it out.
1: No, but, it's okay. I, I was just going to angrily, you know, be angry. Chast, yes. chastise Jurgen nine years later about him being a doofus. So we have Landon
0: Donovan on the 2014 team for this argument. Okay. We have Tyler Adams in this. The other part of this debate that i think people are really kind of leaving out of this equation but we're going to add into it mm-hmm. is that the coaches are the coaches so Jurgen klinsman is still coaching the 2014 team greg berhalter is still coaching uh i'm sorry actually it's the nation's league so we can't even do greg berhalter BJ? wait vj
1: to- that changes the calculus a lot that
0: changes the calculus yeah so i i, I oh, think God. for purpose of this we're still going to have greg berhalter because okay. he was named coach during the yes. nation's league yeah. so he is the coach of the 2023 nation's league team despite the yeah. fact that he wasn't on the sideline for that particular tournament.
1: Spiritually, Berhalter was overseeing everything. Correct. uh, Even though BJ is, you know, infallible as his results show. Exactly. Uh, So now that we have these ground rules
0: in place, Mm -hmm. 2014 versus 2023, I want you to, I'm going to start with this question. Uh Just the basic, you don't have to get into the weeds yet, but just say which team, 2014-2023, 2014-2023, do you think is the team that would win one game on a neutral
1: site for all the marbles? One game on a neutral site? I I would... See, I would have to... And we'll get into the depth list, but mm-hmm. I think one game, I'm taking 2014 right now. Um, Yeah, I, I think
0: I have to go with that. Okay, so the basic... 30,000-foot uh, view, not necessarily mm-hmm. getting to the details, but why 2014 versus
1: 2023? Well, we, and we talked about this in our group chat. Uh, I do feel like 2014, I think there's six guys. If you had a, a combined roster of where guys were in 2014, like 2014 Michael Bradley is starting at the six. Like that is like peak. He was incredible. Mm-hmm. If you go down the roster, I think you're getting at least six guys from the 2014 in your starting 11. Like, arguably, I will I'll throw this analogy out there. I think it is a very in sync versus Backstreet Boys thing. Absolutely, in sync <laughs> has the greater individual talent, which I would say the 2014. You know, you've got your superstar power, and the overall group, the depth is in 2023. Your your BSB, just, they're all solid. Um, cause I mean the bottom end of the roster, if you had to take, you know, if you took your starting 11 and then you took the other 12 guys in your roster and you compared them, I think you're taking the 2023 squad. But 2014 is just, I think a lot of it was mentality. I definitely think back against the wall, getting that veteran attitude guys who, I mean, 2014, Half of those guys were around for Confederations Cup. They beat friggin' Spain. You know, if they can beat Spain, they can be a 2023 U.S. men's national team. I feel like when you guys got, got guys like Dempsey, I mean, Michael Bradley, like J- Jermaine Jones is going to murder anyone on the 2023 <laughs> squad. And like, there are some dogs on the 2023 squad, but like, no one had like the no one on the 2023 squad, even my dear beloved son, Tyler Adams is going to touch Jermaine Jones, just like will and intensity.
0: So I think your analogy is correct with instinct back. boys, I think you got it reversed though, in my opinion, right? I think the individual best talent, not necessarily every guy, but I think the more talented team on paper, is the 2023 squad. We, I mean, if you think about it, like you want to compare the MLS versus Europe, you have all these guys playing in Europe, almost everyone in the starting eleven on the 2023 squad is playing in Europe. Christian Pulisic is likely going to go down as arguably the greatest men's national team player ever. Weston McKinney, Tyler Adams, uh, you know, Tim, Weah. there are guys on this roster that are going to be considered all timers. We consider yes, them all timers right now. Yes. And I don't think there's anything to suggest that that is going to change moving forward.
1: I mean, I would say 2014 squad. How many nations leagues have they won? They got nothing to zero. show for it. Yeah, zero. Yeah, nothing to show for. it. And that, titles, and that is not their fault. It's yes. not their
0: fault. But it, if we're comparing, we're comparing. And yes. again, this nations league team defended the the greatest you know greatest yes. tournament trophy yes. on the planet. But I digress. Unassailable. Unassailable. <laughs> but I, I think when you look at this squad, I think 2014. Was the better team, and yes, they have some dogs. They have some again world class talent, guys who had proven themselves. Michael Bradley, as you said, you know he just retired. This kind of how this conversation came up is is Michael Bradley just retired, Mm -hmm. and a lot of people kind of soil their their thought of him because of what happened in twenty seventeen, and he and Josie Altztor got. A very, very huge portion of that blame,
1: unfairly so, unfairly, unfairly. So.
0: and and I think he was even. We talked about this. I think it was even worse in the case of Josie Altor. Josie Altor went through hell and back many, many times because of what people perceived to be his play. When I will tell you, and I know you know this, mm-hmm. he's the only one that ever apologized after 2017, at least on the field mm-hmm. after the game. He's the only one that acknowledged the fans at that game. He's the only one that apologized to the fans after that game. Yeah. And
1: and that and that was who he was because he's also the one that came over and shook all of our hands and thanked us for coming when we went to St. Vincent. There were 20 mm-hmm. of us there. And the man came over and said, Thank you guys for coming. That's awesome. It's like, yes. That yeah. I'll I'll defend Josie forever because he was that dude. He was a good guy. And I obviously dealt with some injury stuff. He dealt with some form stuff, dealt with some club stuff, but you know, the numbers speak for themselves. Like the man scored goals for the national team.
0: He, and, and only two guys have scored goals more than him. Mm-hmm. And they were also, if again, if we're including Landon, on this 2014 team, both of them were on this team. Clint yeah. Dempsey, uh, arguably in my opinion, the greatest men's player that uh, that has ever lived. Landon Donovan, a lot of people think yeah. he, He's think of him the way I think of Clint Dempsey.
1: Yeah. Like, and I'll even throw this out there. Like, if you said it was 2014 versus 2026, what we know is coming down the line, I might, I will have a different answer. But I think where all these guys are in their career and where they are as players versus where everyone was as players, like, yes, Matt Turner's fantastic keeper. He's been dynamite for the national team. Like, hmm. he's been rock solid. He's, one of the first names in the team sheet. But he's not 2014 Tim Howard. Like, Tim Howard that was on the, the tail end of, like, his peak. But the man was, like, a legitimate, one of the best goalkeepers in the world. Matt Turner's not that. I mean, Tim Howard almost won that game against Belgium, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, by himself. And Yeah, I, I think, as I mentioned, like, there are guys – from that 2014 team where I'd still, I'd pick them over guys on this 2023 squad, even though the bottom end, the individual talents there, like, you see this just in, like, personal life. Like, you think about the guys you played soccer with, like, when you were little. Like, no one knew what they were doing. No one could kick a ball. And kids now just are good at it. Kids have foot skills. Like, the the t- American player has grown so much. But... There's that mentality thing and what it means to be the U.S. national team. Like fighting, you know, that intensity, I don't know if that's there. And if you're talking about winning one game, if there's something at stake, I i think I trust guys like Bradley and Altidore and Dempsey and Jones to, you know, win the fight. That's just me I first think, one. yeah. So I, this is where we kind of get into the
0: weeds, right? Like, yeah, when I think of the 2014 team, and, and just to be clear, I I agree with you. I think know yeah. again one one game for all the marbles, give me the 2014 team. And it, it, I'm not saying that the 2023 team is trash, and I don't think you are either. No. It, it's they have about, two nations leagues.
1: How how can you talk right. about this? Made, is more about like, like hey, League again, players.
0: again, this is in a battle for your life. You out there, you may think differently, but in the battle for my life, when my life in the line, I get to select a team. It's going to be this 2014 team again with Landon Donovan. I, I think if you, I mean, honestly, if it's between these two, it's 2014. If it's all the all the teams in history, I think we can all agree that 2002 would kill any team that the U.S. has ever produced, and it won't be close. This team, I mean, that's a team that was literally uh, the semifinals of the World Cup was stolen from them by a yeah. handball. So like that like and if if we get to that semifinal there's yeah we may not be beating Brazil with with peak Ronaldo uh, R nine but yeah. we're at least in that final because we're we're beating South Korea and we're getting to that final and at least again as they say in 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 uh, uh, Dumb and Dumber at least you have a chance you're saying there's yeah. a chance so
1: but I mean we mentioned the 2009 Confederations Cup squad like mm-hmm. they beat Spain like Spain at the peak like Spain greatest team on the planet for years. Spain like they got the result so are you putting guys like you know Dempsey and Bradley and Donovan and Howard like they got they got the job done so how, well I don't know it's really tough to compare eras because especially in the international game like results are so unique like it mm-hmm. is there is the randomness of it and I think that's one of the reasons that it's like supporting the U.S. is so wonderful because, I mean, if you go down the depth chart, eventually, like, U.S. soccer doesn't stack up to other countries. But when you get, you know, to the 23, to the 11, like, yeah, like, the current squad could ball against just about any team on the planet right now. But if you got to roll out D-squads, our D-squad against Brazil's D-squad is getting crushed, you know? Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's like in an any given Sunday thing, and you know it's who's gonna fight for that inch, and you gotta have the mentality that you're gonna fight and kill the other guy for that inch. So also, when I look
0: at this, you know, we we just compared a few teams, of which there are several guys who are on all of those teams, right? Mm-hmm. If you think about 2014 versus 2023, I didn't mention his name because he was not in the Nations League roster, but DeAndre Yedlin definitely fits yeah. in this in this role of the 2023 team. He was also on the 2014 team and remember was one of those surprise inclusions on that team and broke out in that World Cup. Yeah. And, and people were, myself included, I was one of those guys like, yo, DeAndre Yellen has no business being on this team, and then two weeks later, I was like, "Yo, DeAndre Yellen not only had every business being on this team and proved me wrong in the process, but man, I can't wait to see him over the next ten years." And sure enough, we're almost ten, we're almost ten years in, and the man is still ticking. But like when you yeah. look at you know when I consider these teams, like especially twenty fourteen, I consider Clint Dempsey in twenty fourteen, not necessarily the Clint Dempsey of two thousand nine, the Josie Outdoor two thousand nine. I consider Landon Donovan of twenty fourteen, who. As we know, retired a few months after World Cup because he didn't make the team. But mm-hmm. even with that, right? Clint Dempsey at the peak of his of, of his career, at the peak of his of, of his trade. Josie out entering his peak. Landon Donovan at his peak. Michael Bradley entering his peak. DeAndre Yedlin, you know, still young. Tim Howard, arguably the greatest goalkeeper at that World Cup. Like if you had said that he was in line to win the uh, the Golden Glove. Like I thought, he should have won it just based on that. Oh, that Belgium game alone, he was the it was the greatest, still the greatest goalkeeping performance in the history of the World Cup. Mm Hundred years. Uh, There's a lot of guys on this roster. Demarcus Beasley, still doing it right. He was at that point, he was in his fourth World Cup, and he was and he had moved from midfielder to defender, and he was just the best left back in the country. Like he he could do it all. Chris Wondolowski is on this roster, and I know people like. Ride him for the for the miss, which you know he was offside for. So. Yeah, but and, and that's fine. But yeah, like you said, Jermaine Jones, like the way Jermaine Jones played, I think would be a problem in today's game. Like not just for our team, for any team. If you line up Jermaine Jones in, from 2014 against the Netherlands in the 2022 World Cup, yeah, he's getting a red card in the first 10 minutes of the game because the game has been changed so much. Everybody in the world would be like, man, I would love to have a Jermaine Jones on my team because he was an absolute beast in the midfield. And he had the, you know, the, the, you know, the opportunity to do, you know, the spectacular, which he did during the 2014 World Cup with that great goal against Portugal.
1: You know, in, in prep for this, like I was like thinking about how the current team doesn't really have a Jermaine Jones, like Weston McKinney, great player, very skilled. Love the guy. Eunice Musa, amazing player. Like these kids are gonna be great players for a long time. They're gonna be very valuable to the national team. But like they do it almost is a personality thing where it's like Jermaine Jones was always like all all business. Whereas, you know, Wes is goofball, you know, Eunice always smiling. Like Jermaine Jones, you line up against him, like, you know. Going for a free kick, going into the box, and he looks you in the eyes. You know he he can murder you on the spot. You know he is he is not there to mess around.
0: But the other thing that I think is different from Jermaine Jones versus West McKinney, I actually do think West McKinney has those qualities.
1: Yeah, they are because him. he you just but because
0: he's so great, we mm-hmm. can't afford for him to be Jermaine Jones. Right, like Jermaine Jones was not the best player on that team. And if we lost Jermaine Jones, it yeah. would be a hole, but it could be filled by some other guys on that team. I think Kyle Beckerman. Like again, yeah. a lot of people dog Kyle, Kyle Beckerman, but for a run from basically like twenty, what twenty twelve to twenty fifteen, he was he was the dude in the midfield, yeah. right? Like whenever Jermaine Jones wasn't in, we could put Kyle Beckerman in, it and there'd be He's a solid. like for like thing. Solid. Yeah. Graham Zusi could come in, be solid. Alejandro Bedoya could come in, be solid. Brad Davis could come in and give you a shift. So yeah. we didn't it, it, there was some drop off, but there was at least a couple of guys that were sort of like for like for him. And mm-hmm. again, it's not like we relied on him to create attack or anything like that. He just did that. Right. He just just went on and said, hey, I'm going to shoot from 40 yards. Good yeah. game over. Good to see you. He would do that from time to time. West McKinney is so integral to our success. And we've seen that there's a lot of times when West McKinney is not in the field. We look terrible as a team. And it's not because the replacement is terrible. It's because the whole style of play changes when Westman McKinney is not in the game from when, you know, when someone else is subbing on for him. So I think that's the difference between them is like, every time we're like, yo, we need somebody out here to be a dog. It's like, wait, Wes, not you like appreciate you, but not you, yo, Eunice, no, you just not you either. Like we have it. We need to have a guy that's like not great enough to be the star but great enough to be on the field and know that if uh, like a body enforcer that we're like, Hey, yeah. if we're rubbing, if we're, if we're rubbing shoulders, yo, man, I'm, I'm getting in this and I'm going to make sure that I can, you know, protect all our guys.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's interesting you say that it's like, if you Jermaine Jones was the kind of guy, it's like you could, I mean, he never really got into card trouble though. That was the, it, like the interesting thing is like, he played that way, but he stayed within himself mm-hmm. with West. Your argument there, I feel like part of that low is look at the argument we're having already about the current national team talking about Tyler Adams being out. Like that we already have more midfielders than spots at this point. Mm-hmm. So it's like, could you not afford to lose Weston McKinney if he decides to square up against? I mean, he did in Nations League. The man the man got booted and they still got it done. But you know. I don't know if, if – I don't know if it's that big of a concern. If Wes wants to just be an enforcer, I think they'll be okay. Because, you know what, you're talking about them looking rough with him off the field. Sometimes they look rough with him on the field. You know, it's like we've watched Berhalter Going ball right, for yeah. five years now. Like, we, they don't always look good like they do against pretty much every time they play Mexico. You know, it's like there is some variance there.
0: I think with West though, I think the issue with West not being on the field is West is an integral part of our attack. He, you know, especially on set pieces, he's he's mm-hmm. arguably our best header, right? Like best guy in the air when it comes to uh attacking. And we've seen him have some terrific goals using his head off of set pieces. Whereas Jermaine Jones, we weren't necessarily asking him to do that. Yeah, he could, you know, provide some cover on defense. But we weren't asking for him to be like the linchpin in the middle and be like, yo, whenever there's a set piece, go forward and and head the ball in. And we're actually act- actively looking for him the way we are doing with a, you know, West McKinney, even Eunice Musa, like that box to box. It's funny. Some people would kind of say sometimes, especially in the national team, that the, despite the fact that two play together, that they both are like for like subs for each other as well, if we wanted to go that route. I think when you mentioned Tyler Adams, I think that's the real key here is the fact that he's not on this roster. We have to add him for the purpose of this, but the formation changes with him because with him not in the lineup, that's where we found where we got the, you know, four, two, three, one, as opposed to the four, three, three been playing the last four years.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you want to talk like tactics and like really get in the weeds as far as like positioning and, you know, who really brings what, like, I'm sorry, I'm not that guy. I'm here to talk vibes, you know, like mm-hmm. there are other podcasts that are, you know, probably good for like the minutia, very, very good minutia. And like, I listen to those podcasts, but like, I cannot speak to any of that. It's like, I, it's who's the dog, who's gonna wear the crest, and you know, for ninety minutes, be the one that's like, there's no way I'm losing this game. And, I think that's what it comes down to in the original discussion.
0: Yeah, I think to to wrap it up on my end, I think the there's a couple of guys and in, in this could, you know, you can call me jaded or whatever, you can call me nostalgic, but Pete Dempsey in 2014, Josie Altador in 2014, those guys are some of the best players that the world had at the time. They were playing at that level. Josie outdoor had a run that no U.S. player has ever matched. He, I mean, he scored in like it was like five or six qualifiers in a row, like every single time. And they were banger goals, too. And every single time you needed him to score, he could score. Clint Dempsey, just like you said, he had that, he had that, like, yo, if you think I'm planning on losing today, you outside your mind. And he, had, I mean, he had a little fight in him, too. Like, you know, Deuce Face wasn't wasn't him making fun of somebody that was him inserting himself and saying, yo, I'll like, I will end you. I'm from that. <laughs> so like we have those guys and it's not to say that these guys uh in the 2023 team don't have that. They just don't have it yet. And that's because they're so young that they don't, they haven't needed to develop it yet. I'm looking forward over the next three or four years to see who will be that guy This you know, if in the world cup in 2026, and someone tries to, Step to Christian Pulisic or step to you know Tyler Adams. Who's going to be that guy's going to be like, uh, uh-uh, uh, nah. You step to me first, and and yeah. they and they're the one that kind of inserts and presses the issue and says the USA will not be intimidated. That was the 2014 team, I think. uh mm-hmm. So I'm I'm really you know, it's it's funny because we're we're choosing between children a, a little yeah. bit, but they're um, all my beautiful I, children. But I I mean Dion Dion Sanders ranks his children and in this case of.
1: Ricky, 2014 <laughs> over 2023 yeah Uh prime we are not but uh yeah i get the sentiment and you know like i said we're this conversation is like 2023 versus 2014 because i don't think 2026 versus 2014 is going to be discussion because one of <laughs> them will have won the world cup and the other one will have not so that's you right know, and and yeah. will
0: have won two more nations leagues in that time that's true
1: yeah sitting on four Nations League titles and a World Cup star above the crest. Like you can't yeah. discuss they had a varsity jacket, their, their jacket would be full. It, yeah. Greatest generation will be locked in until, you know, we win the next five World Cups as well before they, you know, shut down. You know, yeah. move it to the moon.
0: Uh, before we get out of here, Eric, uh, tell the people where they can find you and our show, the World of CONCACAF podcast.
1: Y- yes. Uh, for – our friends who like soccer and happen to live in North or Central America or the Caribbean, we have, or a you podcast. don't, and you want to learn about it. Yeah. If you want to learn about the dumbest confederation, and I speak of that like lovingly, like it's endearing how ridiculous our local confederation is and see the great thing is like, you don't have to wake up early to watch local soccer. So we like to talk about it and like build it up because there's always interesting things going on. So make sure you tune into the World of CONCACAF podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts, and follow us on social media at podcacaf. You know, pod as in podcast, not cucaf as in, you know, Central America, Caribbean, Association of Football, you know, that that kind of thing.
0: Listen to that show after you listen to this one. If I was on that show, I'd tell you to listen to that show before you listen to this one. Uh, yeah. But Eric well, we don't have a.
1: We don't have a recent episode, so it's not like we can, like, say, hey, yeah, l- make sure you listen to the episode we just dropped because, you know, getting three Nation... schedules together is tough, but Nations League is coming. Nations League is coming back.
0: The United States are back in it, so we will be having more content around the Nations League because that is what we live for. So, Eric yes. Schmitz of the World of Concaf podcast, my brother, good to see you. Thank you very much for joining me. Appreciate you. Love you, buddy. And that will do it for episode 118. Of the USA Soccer Cast. Thank you for listening. Remember, follow us on Twitter. We are at USA Soccercast. Don't forget we have affiliate programs, affiliate links with Homage, Fanatics, MLS store, and breaking tea. So head to linktree.com slash USA Soccercast. You can click on those links, support the show, and you can save some money while getting the freshest gear. Nations League is around the corner. The holidays around the corner. Lots of lots of gifts that you can do. And Please send us some topic suggestions like this one as we move forward. You can email them to usasoccercast at gmail.com or tag us in your questions on Twitter. So we will talk to you again soon For Eric Schmitz. I'm down the line. Peace.